You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode number 116. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. On the show, we talk about pop culture, nostalgia, movies, and music. My name is Jimmy, and I am joined by Rob. What's up, bitches? And the less offensive Mixmaster Marcus. Bitches, what's up? All right, never mind then. (laughs) This week, we've got the new RDJ movie, Doolittle and the 1990 <sighs> classic Robot Jocks. Classic? Um. And we've got a lot of news. We do. Rob. Yes. You should tell people about spoilers. I should. Because we're going to spoil some shit. We're going to spoil the crap out of a movie from the 80s. So if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, well, good luck trying to find good it. Good luck first finding off. it. Because <laughs> we had a hard-ass time trying to find, tra- trying to track it down so that we could watch it. Mm-hmm. But You can buy it on Amazon for $70. For 70 bucks. And if you do, please uh-huh. use our link. Yeah. Jimmy, this movie is not worth spending $70 on it. I'm sorry. Unless, of course, you use our link. Then it. it is totally worth using $70. You should also buy a sauna. On Amazon using our link. Anyway, you go can on. message us at the show and we will give you a link. But we will probably spoil Doolittle. So if we're talking about something you haven't seen, read, or even listened to yet, use your own discretion. Come back later. Don't say we didn't warn you. But still send hate mail to Greg. It's okay. Greg, why don't you start us off with some news? Okay, sir. So some fresh news. I saw this news. It came into the newsroom whilst I was doing a pre-show poop. I was going to say, whilst you were pooping, no doubt. It was. uh, I popped up on my phone. Uh, The Kenobi TV show is currently on hiatus. The Disney Plus Kenobi show that they were filming is currently not filming, and they sent everyone home. What happened? Well, the, the show plot was going to loosely be about Kenobi basically keeping an eye on Leia and Luke, Mm -hmm. which sounds, you know, as very young baby age, Leia and Luke, which sounds a lot like another show that's currently on Disney Plus. I don't know what you're talking about. Of someone taking care of a baby, and they thought that might not be the best plan. So they're rewriting the scripts. Baby Yoda show! Yes, they're rewriting the scripts, and um, only... Two or four of them, depending on which article you read, were done. And they are retooling the show, which is probably for the best. Because you don't want to be one trick pony. So that was the quick news that just showed up. I don't know. If that one trick is Baby Yoda. Who's calling Baby Yoda a trick, yo? Yo, The Baby Yoda that's actually not Yoda. Yes. Uh, the other news 
<clears throat> Pearl Jam. News. Never they, heard of them. Nobody cares. It is a band. I care. Everybody because you cares. do. Everybody cares. So I'm going to play you guys some music. First, I'm going to apparently play you guys a Domino's Pizza commercial. God damn it. Hey, all right. <laughs> Woo! Domino's Pizza. pizza. So l- listen to this song. I don't know if you can hear it. So, so who is this? That sounds like uh, Coldplay. Uh, recent, very recent Coldplay. I'm going to guess Pearl Jam. Well, yeah, because you heard us talking before. We stopped and I played it, but yes. Pearl Jam has a brand new sound. And I'm not sure what I feel about it. it mm. I wouldn't hear Coldplay. The, the bass line is that sounds like the Breeders. That Cannonball song? Yes. It's a completely different song. I mean, it's apparently real instruments and not synth. Just, you know, I'm not sure what they did. And I know that the, the drums are both real drums and well, synth sure. drums. Heavy effects. Yeah. So kind of interesting song. So, you know, I'm a huge Pearl Jam fan, but it does not mean that, that everything that they've ever released I've liked. But so they are releasing a new album. It comes out on March 18th. It, they're using soon. a new, yeah, they're, they're, they've been working on it for a long time. I think it's their first album in like seven or eight years. Mm. They working with a new guy named Josh Evans, who used to work with Soundgarden, uh, Chris Cordell, a couple of the Pearl Jam members on like solo projects. And they, with that album, they're also doing a 16 date American tour. The album's called uh, Gigaton. And their, their tour is taking them pretty much uh, northern United States. As far mm-hmm. closer to Orlando they get, I think, is Nashville. Yeah, they get to Nashville, St. Louis. And then they basically cut across the country, Oklahoma, Denver, ending in Oakland. So I won't be, mm-hmm. unfortunately, able to see them on this tour. I'm That song is weird. It's actually grown on me. I've heard it about four or five times at this point. Uh, that is called It's called Dance of the Clairvoyance. But what's weird is the track list, just mm-hmm. seeing the track list, it's, it seems like, to me, Almost like someone that got one of those calendars that has like, like words on it that you that you know the big word of the day because they have like oh, really like dance of the clairvoyance and uh, retrograde and super blood wolf moon is one of the songs I'm like I don't know super blood wolf moon <laughs> super blood wolf moon which so I'm I mean they've never really let me down completely mm-hmm. they, they've definitely experimented in the past and. Sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. But I'm intrigued as to what the rest of the album sounds like because they definitely said that they they did some experimenting. Uh, the last couple albums have have felt like it's building to something, but they've really been more pure rock. This has a lot more electronic sound, which as you noticed. So, yeah, I'm huh. uh, I'm intrigued. Yes, I would say I don't know if, if I'm nervous. I mean, whatever, it's not my life, but you know, they have several hundred songs that they will mm-hmm. also play on tour. So it's not like if I don't like one album, it's a big deal, but so gigaton March 18th. What are uh, the, uh, I'm always really interested in this, Greg, what are the options available for pre-order? Is there like a shirt package with a vinyl and a thing and a, they probably you know, do that. Yeah. I haven't, yeah, they haven't looked yet or they haven't released it. Um, they're definitely going to do a, vi- a vinyl. 
mm-hmm. one they because they they were big on vinyl before and they had the song spin the black circle um the uh, you can pre-order from their website it's a very big banner right at the top of their website and you can get it yeah there's a vinyl there's a vinyl bundle with cd and vinyl um then there's a digital bundle as well mm. so it's uh see uh, the vinyl the cd and uh yeah so very exciting yeah I hopefully they'll were... do a second leg and and come around here yeah because it's it'll be this tour through and it's early it's like coming soon too it's like that's also in march and april mm. so they're doing that and then they'll be going to europe and maybe they'll be coming back that would be late summer if if okay. there's a thing so we will see what do you mean if there's a thing do you know something that i don't if they're if they're coming back for part two. Oh. <laughs> yeah. like if the summer's still there what do you know marcus that was the name of my emo band's first album if the summer's still there ah yes yeah <laughs> very so cool what, what news do you have I have a little bit of unfortunate news on the video game front. The highly Uh-oh. anticipated game Cyberpunk 27 D7 oh, no. starring, at least in part, the Internet's boyfriend Keanu Reeves has been delayed until September. So not a huge delay, but this does have some... Um, let's say less than desirable effects on the people working on the game. So, ladies and gentlemen out there, I would uh, I would uh, implore, um, or I would I would suggest that you guys uh, don't be too angry about this. I know everybody's really looking forward to it, but that means uh, there's going to be crunch time. Adam Kisinski. The uh, chief executive of CD Projekt Red says uh, to the question, is the development team required to put in crunch hours? And he answered to some degree, yes, to be honest. He went on to say, we tried to limit crunch as much as possible, but it is the final stage. We try to be reasonable in this regard. But yes, unfortunately, if you are not familiar with crunch, it's why uh, Greg and myself don't work in video games. Um, <laughs> as exactly. the deadlines approach, um, all the marketing has been set. Uh, people really uh, have no lives. They yeah, live I, at when the I studio. started looking at games, mm-hmm. at jobs in the game industry. The first thing I asked, this is back in the day, am I able to have a dog? And they said, I wouldn't suggest it because you're not going to get yeah. a chance to go home and walk the dog. I was like, yeah, I'll find so, something else. Hopefully, uh, this is done as humanely as possible. We've seen some huge industry backlash for, uh, I think it was uh, Team Bondi who developed L.A. Noir. There were some really deplorable conditions there. EA has uh, been um, guilty of this in the past. There was a whole lawsuit and a whole blog started. Um, you can look at that. But the uh, crunch is really the ugly side of the the development um of games so um don't uh don't go on twitter don't go finding people who are working on the game and inflame and troll and blow up their accounts because it's not their fault um 
So if anybody is listening who was thinking about do that, doing that, don't uh, do it. Don't do that. Can, can I do a fault. swerve here with a little bit with a snap decision? Because it came to mind as you were talking. Sure. And so you guys are more of the gamers. Although I did just yeah, start sure. Fallen Jedi and I was it's fantastic. I love it. Fallen Order. Fallen Order. Yes. Ah, yes, oh, that great. Right there. I didn't read the title. Apparently, I just started playing it. <laughs> but it's really good. Can't wait to play it. Cool. Yeah. Okay. What's so, your snap? So as, as gamers, would you rather a game be delayed? Yes. Yes. Or would you rather a game come out and then have to release some sort of patch? That's saying that they actually do no. release the patch like several months later. <laughs> no. I'd rather the game be complete when I buy it. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. Um, Mass Effect 4. Uh, for example, um, they released an unfinished project product and I think completely lost their fan base because they did that and then they tried to fix it. It was still a shitty game, but it's it's one of the biggest failures in recent memory. And if uh, a AAA studio comes out and they're like, you know what, this isn't done, then fine, delay it. But treat your people like human beings, you know, um, there there has been some talk with Cyberpunk that if people had requested time off, they're still going to be given that and they will uh, take a volunteer um, uh, uh, list first, I guess. But, uh, yeah, treat your employees humanely, you know, and, and give me a complete game. Yeah. You know, so. I would I would agree with Good that question. because because invariably anytime you release an incomplete game and then release patches mm-hmm. there's always something wrong with the patch there's an unintended interaction or something that screws up yeah. or, it's, or it's, it's huge and it takes days yeah it, it's it's just such a cluster when when mm-hmm. you download patches I would much rather that a game be complete upon release and then you add additional content afterwards if that's if that's what you're talking about and you want to do like like digital download stuff add additional content don't fix the game that I've already already paid for it because i don't want to buy a broke ass game okay yeah. because if i go in and i play it and it's unplayable and i have to wait for a patch guess what the game the game is either a going back to the store if i can return it or b sitting on my shelf and it's probably never going to get played again because yeah. f you for releasing a broken game yeah gotcha. that's mass effect 4 I, or andromeda ubisoft uh, I, <laughs> Yeah. Assassin's Creed. I, they had they mm-hmm. had such a huge problem with like with like three or four of those titles where they just released them and they were absolute shit. They were absolute garbage. They were unplayable. Like the people, the players were getting caught in the in the background and people were falling through the floor and have to mm-hmm. restart the whole frigging game. It's like this is bullshit. Nothing more frustrating than buying a broken game. Yeah, I could go on a, a whole different uh, tangent. That could be a rant, for Christ's yeah. sake. Uh, I could go on a whole different tangent about trade-in values for games, mm-hmm. uh, especially having worked at uh, as an assistant manager as, I say, the nation's largest specialty gaming retailer. Um, but I will say I've never seen a game's trade-in value decline as fast as I did Andromeda. Um right out of the gate so yeah yeah good question greg i like that what do you what about you sir what's your answer me yes uh, yeah i mean i would have to say wait because but that's 
the reason I asked you guys is because I buy games late anyway. I'm not a day and date person. Like, I remember you, like, taking slightly longer lunches to go get, to pick up a game that came out, including Mass Effect, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm one of those wait until it gets down to 20 bucks because I don't have time to really play them. But, so, I'd much rather have something that doesn't break because I am also not a big fan of, like, playing through a game and then getting stuck because of something and then having to go <laughs> yeah. all the way through it without having beaten it first. Yeah. Like, have to go all, like, back and restart it because then I'm like, ugh, I already know how to play this. I don't need to do that first level that just teaches you how. I don't need this cutscene. I don't need that unless I want to relive the entire process of the game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Cool. Okay, let's uh, let's continue. Thank you for answering my question. Yeah, that was a good one. Rob, do you have any news, sir? The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is due back. It's due back the end of this month. Or, well, tomorrow, actually. The 24th. Yeah. It starts tomorrow. I still have not watched more than one episode of that. I actually like the show. I, want, first I, se- I do, too. I just don't. I have yet to finish it because it. First season was better than the second season. Speaking of coming back, I think, Jimmy, you put something else on here. Did you, were you going to do that one as well? Just real quick, Alter Carbon? Or yes. Did I put that? Yeah. Uh, you put that on there, sir. Oh, oh excellent. Okay, well, real quick, yep, Alter so. Carbon, we loved it. Uh, yes. The, the last couple episodes like still sit with me uncomfortably in a good way. Uh, season yes. 2 release date, February 27th, so a little bit more gimme, than a month gimme. away. Yeah. yeah, cannot wait to talk about it. Cannot wait to binge watch that. Uh, Anthony Mackie. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. Well, since I just had to dodge a frozen iguana falling from a tree, clearly we live in (laughs) clearly we live in Florida. Jimmy, yes, take it away. And guys, we have a new name for this segment because uh, weird shit in Florida has never really quite rolled off of the tongue for me and we've always struggled to come up with a a song for it so guys we are calling it wtf welcome to florida excellent i like it thank you how did we miss that to begin with you know i we were we were struggling to come up with something because there's a, a local radio show that already does something and uh i think it's um it, it's the same name we come up with. It's like but Florida. They do Florida. There's one like, that does Florida. Oh, there's This Week in Florida. Yeah. There's another one. So uh, we have got Welcome to Florida. We, but we, we, we had a hard time just determining that because we probably saw some news article about some dude in Florida breaking into a bar to steal a Dr. Pepper and we're too dumbfounded to actually think about anything else. That's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. So um, the host is uh, supposed to decide the story for this, but I feel like I built on it. So, Rob, why don't you tell us what happened in Florida this past week? Well, there's a legendary musician by the name of David Olney. Mm -hmm. Legendary songwriter, uh, singer. He was... Performing a concert here in Florida, actually. Uh, where, where was it again? Do you guys remember what city it was in? I will look. I think it was one of the forts. I think it was one of the sands. Anyway, Mr. Olney was in the middle of a set and he was performing a song. 71 years old. 
And in the middle of the song, he uh, stopped. Santa Rosa. Santa Rosa Sa- Beach. Okay. Santa Rosa mm-hmm. Beach. And in the middle of in the middle of the song, he stops playing, leans to the mic and says, I'm sorry. And then tucked his chin to his chest like he was taking a moment. And everybody thought that he was just, you know, taking a moment. Turns out he actually had a heart attack and yep. died on stage in the middle of his set, sitting on a stool, and he never dropped his guitar or fell off the stool. They had to they had to lift him off of the stool and lay him down to initiate CPR. That is effing epic. I yeah. I don't know any other way to describe that. I mean, just leans in and says, I'm sorry. And that's the end of it. I was like, oh, my God. Absolutely. Um, an epic way to go out. Um, I, I mean, you're right. And uh, what what better way to go out doing what you love? Um, so that kind of um, inspired me to do a, a little search and, and find some of the most um, epic last words, I guess. So I'm just going to run through these uh, quickly. Greg, I think you have a couple of those uh, mm-hmm. as well. Uh, these come via mental floss on my end. Um, so you can look up a few more. I just chose some of the ones that I, uh, I, I thought were the best. Uh, we've got drummer Buddy Rich. He died after surgery in 1987. But while he was being prepped for surgery, a nurse asked him, uh, is there anything you can't take? And Mr. Buddy Rich replied, yeah, country music. <laughs> and those were his last words. Those might also be my last words. <laughs> uh, murderer James W. Rogers was put in front of a firing squad in Utah and asked if he had a last request. And he replied, bring me a bulletproof vest. Now, they did not. Uh, and he was that would executed. have been hilarious if they'd have been like, oh, well, it they was his like, last oh, wish. <laughs> shit. He found the loophole. Uh, Thomas B. Moran was a pickpocket known by the name Butterfingers. He reportedly stole as many as 50,000 wallets in his career. He died in Miami in 1971. And his last words were, I've never forgiven that smart alecky reporter who named me Butterfingers. To me, it's not funny. <laughs> Well, sir, to us, it is. It's probably not that accurate, though, because if you stole that many wallets and never dropped one, just saying. Maybe his hands were as smooth as butter. I don't know. Uh, Pulitzer Prize winning playwright Eugene O'Neill was born in a room at the Broadway Hotel on what is now Times Square. He died at age 65 in a Boston hotel. His last words? I knew it. I knew it. Born in a hotel room and goddamn it, dying in a hotel room. Uh Nice. Uh, my favorite from this list, as he was dying, Alfred Hitchcock said, one never knows the ending. One has to die to find out, uh, to know exactly what happens after death, although Catholics have their hopes. Nice. And Greg, uh, I believe you added uh, a couple. Yeah, I saw your list and I, mm-hmm. I added a couple. Uh, John Adams has one of my, my all-time favorite. Uh, when John Adams was dying, his last words were, Thomas Jefferson survives. And what he did not know was that Thomas Jefferson had died earlier that day, and it was July 4th, 1826. Mm-hmm. They both died 
uh, on July 4th. They were in their one was in their 90s, one was in their late 80s, but it was a kind of an interesting one. Uh, Johnny Guitar Watson, guitar nickname, not his real middle name, but that would be awesome. It would be. His last words, and this one's a little bit skewed, but it is actually his last words were, ain't that a bitch? And he died on stage as well. And it was a little skewed because that is the name of one of his songs or albums, depending on. So he that's just happened to be what he said. Uh, the, a couple there, there's another one I didn't put on here, but there mm-hmm. was a comedian, a magician comedian that died on stage. Tommy Cooper. He was a, a British. Yes. Comedian. yes, I've seen that video. I've seen that video, too. And he slumps up against a he's one of those like joke comedians, like a Penn and Teller type situation. OK. Sorry. And he slum- he kind of slumps up against the red curtain and slides to the ground and everyone starts laughing because they think it's part of the joke. And he stays there and they're still laughing and then the laughing gets a little uncomfortable. And they realize that he actually did die of a heart attack. And of course, I've talked about it last night, but my dad's very last words he ever said on this earth uh, were, uh, this is bullshit, which is uh, possibly the best last words ever. Because he was angry at a board meeting that he was doing for a volunteer thing where he was trying to help dogs and people were not spending the money that he had gotten for them properly. So he pounded his fist on the desk, said this is bullshit and had a cardiac uh, situation attack, whatever. I don't know the exact term, but and it was bullshit. It was. But they 100 percent definitely started spending the money on the right things afterwards. Good. So there you go. Those were mine. So are we going to start talking about are – we, are we done with Florida stuff? I think we are. Um, okay. If anybody didn't have any other news, then I believe we can move on to our first topic of the evening. I guess that's me. Yes, sir. Well, I'm going to talk about Doolittle because I am one of the 15 or so people that saw that this weekend. Yeah, this it didn't weekend. do very good. It about $40 million. It was – I knew nothing about this movie. Okay. I knew that it was coming out. Uh, I knew that it had Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. I, you know how I found out about this movie? Me telling you about it? (laughs) No. During uh, the Christmas season, when my lovely fiance and I were ordering gifts and boxes were were coming in, one of them was a, it had Doolittle on it and like picture Robert Downey Jr. and some animals. What the hell is that? Oh, it's a movie. (laughs) Yeah. That was it. So that's about that was the extent of it. I knew nothing, yep. nothing historically about it. It was released on January 17th, 2020, uh, directed by Stephen Gaggin, starring Robert Downey. Good the, old the, Steve. the people starring in it, or at least doing voice acting in it, pretty impressive. Uh, starring Robert Downey Jr., Antonio Banderas, Michael Sheen. But the voice actors, Emma Thompson, Rami Malek, John Cena, Kumail Nanjani, Octavia Spencer, Tom Holland, Selena Gomez, Craig Robinson. So good, good names. Yes. Good Kumail and then Johnny, your favorite person in the world. I love him and his delicious abs. Who doesn't? Ooh, the synopsis is great because it is really not at all. It's it's part of the movie, but it has nothing to do with the actual plot of the movie. A physician discovers that he can talk to animals. That is the synopsis. The official synopsis is that. It's like saying a guy discovers he can hold a light sword, like. <laughs> Like, no, that's not really it. But the thing is, there's not a lot of plot. I ended up seeing this movie because my kid wanted to see it. So we mm-hmm. so I went with him and one of his friends and some of our friends. And 
went to it. And the first thing I said to my wife as we were walking out, she was like, what would you think? And I was like, I think that movie has really bad taste. (laughs) I'm just kidding. He's six and this is made for six year olds, apparently. Uh, As we were walking out, she asked me and I just turned to her and I said, I think this probably had a lot of writers. Hmm. And I looked it up and this had a lot of writers. Like it was written and rewritten or. Oh, okay. It was, it was written and filmed. And then. Because it had. It had different tones at different times. It had sort of a magical tone at times, like uh, not magic, like Lord of the Rings, but more magic, like. You know, where they do the the shots of like light filtering through trees and everything kind of has a cool haze on it and everything kind of glimmers and all that. Like everything's wondrous and amazing. It okay. had that tone sometimes. It had like a. The animals weren't sitting around playing Magic the Gathering. No, no, no. Okay. Not in the first act. Gotta that was be like clear. The, the, that was the second act. They were. Mm. Yeah. The one second of them was, act. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it had like an Indiana Jones feel to it. Then it got into like fantasy world then there was like a dramatic side then there was like a steampunky kind of era and then there was I like thought you were gonna say a steamy scene there was we'll get to oh. that i don't think i then there was like to. it was it was pretty steamy <laughs> all right yeah uh then there was some parts that were like very what am i looking for here oh then there was like you know some some slapstick humor so is very all over the place. And mm-hmm. I guess what happened, they filmed it and it was taken very seriously. And then they needed to add jokes in and it didn't really know what it was. Oh, there's a part like all of a sudden they like, you know, they're in a boat and there's like a ship battle. So it was like Pirates of the Caribbean. And it, made, it was made for like $180 million. This was not a big, but this was not a small budget movie. Ooh. In fact, this is the second like movie that was over a hundred million dollars that Universal released that bombed like yep. in a row. The other one being cats, but there's that. And then, so it was, it was palatable. It wasn't, I mean, I'm saying all this stuff, but it was, you know, the voice actors were good. There was a couple, there there was a amorous dragonfly played by Jason Matsuzakis from the, uh, how did this get made podcast? Who I happen to love. Mm. And he was good. Cause he was, his like character was like falling in love with everybody. Um, Kind of like the donkey and Shrek falling in love with dragon kind of thing. But or the other way around, I guess. But anyway, that part was good. There was some there were some little bits that were good. Some of it looked good. Uh, The the few things I would take away from it. The animals actually were animated pretty well and they had personalities. Rob, not Rob. Don't even mention it. No, Rob, I know you want to. He's smirking. Unlike. Uh, something that rhymes with Shmayan Ping. It, they, the, you could see fear, you could see happiness, whatever, on the animals' faces. So they do a good job there. Um, got it. We got to the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And in the movie had pretty much developed a world that, yes, he could talk to animals, but they weren't, they were only talking English so that we could understand them. When they showed it through his eyes, you, they were talking like in roars or growls or chuffs or whatever. So like they did a lot of the stuff like, you know, when you see a movie, when someone looks in a mirror 
and they see themselves as like attractive and then the cuts to what they really look like and they're all like messed up or something. They kind of did that like with the voice like you saw you saw him talking in animal sounds and then the camera kind of zoomed in on his mouth and that from that point on they did nothing but like human speaking. So it's kind of mm-hmm. interesting. So that was that was actually one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite workarounds for subtitles from if you remember they did that at the very beginning of Hunt for Red October, where they talked in Russian for the first for the first like couple of minutes of the movie, and then at one point the camera zooms in on Sean Connery's mouth, and as it backs out, they switch to English. Yeah, and that's basically that's almost exactly what they did mm-hmm. here. Uh, they did something also kind of cool with that. With uh, was that Antonio Banderas movie like the Thirteenth Assassin or something? Thirteenth uh, Warrior. Yeah. Yeah. Based on Eaters of the Dead by Michael Crichton. There you go. So anyway, so they they developed this world that was fantasy, but not really fantasy. And then they go to this place to find this magical fruit to save the queen, which if you notice, I haven't really mentioned the plot yet because there wasn't one. Basically, Doolittle has sequestered himself to a location with nothing but animals. He doesn't want to deal with people because his wife left to go find some some magical place and she died in a boat accident. You don't see this. Yeah. You see it in, in animation form. Wow. Some kids find him at the same time, but they're not really related to each other. They just happen to find him at the same time. And one of them is the daughter of the queen. The queen has been is fallen ill, although she's actually been poisoned. She require she requests Doolittle to come and help her. And he doesn't want to. And then, of course, there's like the subplot. This is where like some of the writing stuff came in. There's like the subplot, like saying that, well, the queen only gave you your land for your animal preserve, animal preserve, if she's alive. It So if she dies, you lose your preserve. So he's like, OK, I have to. But he changes his mind really quick, which is it's it was a weird. You could tell it was kind of added on. Mm-hmm. So he goes to and he has to find this magical fruit. <laughs> uh yeah you anyway, sound like so the, a very young child explaining a movie i do well yeah i think <laughs> wrote it he's yeah. trying to find this magical fruit i'm, not, I'm not saying that to be rude or anything yeah. but it just so sounds he, so yeah and then there was a queen and then he had a preserve but he he mm-hmm. couldn't speak and he he was he it's had to like, get a magical what? fruit, and yeah. he was going to lose his preserve. Just wait. And, I'm not even oh, done yet. Whoa. All right. So, yeah, just wait. I'm, I'm telling you, it gets weird. Right. Go for it. Gets on a boat. The The queen's regular doctor, who is uh, Michael Sheen, has to, somehow knows Doolittle from the past and decides to bring the entire British Navy to kill Doolittle because he was the one that actually poisoned the queen. Like I said, it turns into Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh they do that. They end up on this island. They find the magical fruit, kind of, and they're like, "Well, it should be around here somewhere." And it turns out that one kind of the, of. well, they found the room where it's where they thought it was supposed to be, based on some like random map that had been drawn. And then all of a sudden, one of the stalactites moves, and there's actually a giant ass dragon in the movie. So, like, so and, I was, and now it's Game of Thrones, a giant ass dragon. Yeah, and I didn't even mean to do that, but yeah, it is a giant ass dragon. So the giant ass dragon does some things, and then <laughs> and Doctor Doolittle with its re- ass realizes that he could talk to the dragon. He talks to the dragon, finds out the dragon has some stomach ailments, and it is. And I'm sitting there going, "What? Wait, wait!" 
Like I'm, yeah. I'm I could not wait to be able to look at my phone to see if Doctor Doodle's like the books actually had dragons and stuff in them. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna cut away for just a second and uh, hear from our uh, our child movie reporter on his favorite part of the movie. What was your favorite part? Uh, when when the dragon farted. That there was a dragon in Doolittle. Yeah, and he farted. Yeah, because Doolittle put his hand into his butt, taking out stuff, and he (laughs) farted right in his face. Put his hand in his butt? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. He crazy. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, he's a a doctor. Sometimes you got to do that. Now, Greg, if you could explain that to us. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so so basically he goes, this is a kid's movie. Dr. Doodle does it, and he says something about the dragon having an impacted colon or impacted rectum or something along those lines. And I'm like, what? the hell so he goes around the back <laughs> of the dragon and starts pulling oh pieces of, he starts pulling <laughs> pieces of no, no. <laughs> starts pulling pieces of armor out of the dragon's butt all right oh, god yeah it pulls it out uh then he, he's like oh the last piece is really big so he yanks it out it is an entire bagpipe for some reason and, okay. And he Who pulls wrote this piece of shit. A lot of people. Like 87 people, apparently. No, he oh pulls God. the bagpipe 87 three year olds. And we have like a minute and a half long fart, which my child just told you about. Mm-hmm. And it uh yeah, that was that was the uh that that was a thing that happened. Um, okay. Yeah, so the as I said before, the jokes didn't land at all. There was a giant fart joke, and while I sort of enjoyed the experience of being in a movie that was that crazy yet that big budgeted and sort of well made on the graphics side of things, uh, I believe my my real statement about this movie would be so many things wrong about this movie that if it had worse special effects and was made in 1983, we would be covering it in a future episode. <laughs> Uh, excellent i will not go see this movie yeah that's a wait for it to be on tv and wait for you to have also watched everything else um unless your child really likes farting dragons wow that's very disappointing to hear because i, I, I sure kind of i i kind of was interested to see it when i saw the trailers for it apparently they put all the good stuff in the trailers yeah yep. pretty much well, wait, was there a farting dragon in the trailer? There was not. Then they didn't put um, all of the good stuff in the trailer. Uh, what? What's your your rating on this, Greg? Though we can uh, we can guess. He he said, wait wait for video and also wait until wait for wait for it to be free else. on television on one of the many <laughs> streaming services. Wait for that. It's, Watch it twenty years from now. Yeah. Do well, it, you do can't it. watch it on television because they'll probably edit out the fart. And that's the best part of the whole movie, apparently. And it's the end of the whole movie. It's a, it's a glorious fart, man. Does, does <laughs> it really end on a fart? No. Like, does, it, does, it, does the dragon fart and then they just cut to black? They fart. I, I believe the dragon says thank you somehow. <laughs> they, get the, the, they get the fruit. They go back and then. I was going to say the dragon farted and Greg just blacked out. So that's where the movie ended. <laughs> 
I, I, the dragon farted. I smashed my head into the chair in front of me to knock myself out. And then I woke up in the floor with popcorn kernels and stuck to me with soda. He said, ain't uh, that a bitch? Yes, I did. No, they get they get back. Uh, all of the doctors and people there are in the process of pronouncing the queen dead so that they can take over for whatever reason. And they they go in and all of the animals that are like in the queen's room and inexplicably the queen has see like it gets more ridiculous as you talk about it inexplicably the queen in her like chambers has like a giant aquarium with an octopus who is who do little talks to so that he can um find out like the octopuses well who poisoned the queen now that's who tells Mm -hmm. him so there's a big thing where they do like the the fruit is getting kicked around on the floor and they like throw it back and forth and whatever and the the little girl crawls under the bed and gets the fruit and then squeezes a drop of it into the um, queen's mouth and it saves her and she kicks everyone out. So, yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. I feel like this yeah. movie might, might have been either written by a bunch of six year olds, like giving them a bunch of candy and espresso and let them write a movie or possibly <laughs> just by like randomly clicking on the, on clicking on the random button on Wikipedia. Like, what do they do next? Click. British Navy. Okay, the British Navy's coming. It sounds Jesus. it wow. sounds like one of those and they're always fake, but that this supercomputer wrote a comedy movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is what it sounds like. You type in the subject like talking animals and this is what came out. Or mm-hmm. one of those or one of those clickbait things. Click here to hear the story of a man who talks to animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it let's let's move on to something that's equally as ridiculous. By ridiculous you mean awesome. We are <laughs> of course talking about 1990s though completed in 1989. That is the movie Robot Jocks directed by Stuart Gordon who also brought you Reanimator. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Castle Freak, and Space Truckers. I've seen Castle Freak. Yeah, Have you also seen Space Truckers? I try not to talk about that. I I guess later on, he's more um, uh, known for his ventures into horror movies. Um, It stars Gary Graham, Anne-Marie Johnson... And, and a farting dragon. No, it does not. Uh, though that would have been awesome. And Paul Coslo. It is post World War Three. War is outlawed, guys. Oh. No, 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 no. Like that ever stopped anyone, right? In its place are matches between large robots called robot jocks. But those are the people who pilot them. Anyway, these matches take place between two large superpowers over disputed territories. Uh, That being Alaska. The main character, Achilles, is a pilot in one of the large robots. The plot revolves around him and a match for the state of Alaska. And Achilles is kind of a well, I guess he's kind of a dick, but he's yeah, he he is. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on this movie, guys? When you saw, maybe you saw the trailer, maybe you saw pictures. Greg, I know you have a little bit of backstory with this. I do. So, I do. Rob, what were your first impressions? 
my first impression was I had to like I wanted to know what came first, the chicken or the egg, because this really kind of reminded me of like a, like an anime, like Evangelion or mm-hmm. um, it really reminiscent of Pacific Rim without the without the monsters. It was more kind of. Yeah, it was it, it, it was I don't know. Um, great stop motion animation. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Well, I mean, it was the late '80s. I mean, what it, you, you can't really expect all that much, but yeah, it was a uh, was interesting. <laughs> Within the first couple of minutes, I was like, Jesus, what what is this movie rated? <laughs> you were like, this is the best <laughs> acting I've ever seen. Oh my god, it, the the dude was so. Um, they were talking about the tubies. Mm-hmm. And then he was talking about the girl, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> yeah. I'll just make a direct it, deposit. Thanks. I was like, "Oh, it was a K." A, and well, one, it was a long time ago, so we understand now why why people complain about that kind of stuff. But I think it was also it, an Italian movie, right? It wasn't the guy. Wasn't it made in Italy or something? I thought it was. I I found nothing on that. It it uh, certainly I, wasn't all Italian actors. I mean, it's yeah. it's not dubbed. I don't know, maybe if, it was fun, maybe it was funded by an Italian company or something. I saw some article about that, but whatever. Wasn't that your? That would also happen. Yes. Yeah, something weird like that. But yeah. what is your um? What's your? Well, that your was story a great movie that, that uh, we reviewed earlier. <laughs> oh, now what is my opinion? So, yes. so my so Robot Jocks is, it, it is sort of like a sexual encounter with Rob, where at the time yeah, you're kind of excited about it. You think you you want that, and then when it's over, you're like, you just feel dirty. No, that was it. But no, not seriously. So our buddy, Rich. Who uh, he saw this trailer at some point, and I did not watch for very many TV shows back in the past or movies back in the past. And I remember him coming over to my house and being like, "Dude, there's this awesome movie coming out with giant robots fighting, and it's going to be huge." And this was around the time that like RoboCop and all these other things came out, so these movies actually did pretty well in the theater. And we like waited for this movie and waited for this movie, and like we thought that based on the trailer, we thought it was going to be like this huge release. And then it never really hit the theaters around us. And all of a sudden, like, you know, a couple months later, there it was in the video store. So I did see this mm-hmm. very early and I hated it. I thought this movie was terrible. So when you well, said, we're, let's watch it. it I'm like, well, when you said this, we had to watch it, it's like, oh, crap. And I, I didn't hate it because of like it was aggressively bad, like certain other movies I literally just talked about. I hated it because it was boring. And then I saw it again because, you know, we had to watch it for this. And I was actually more impressed this now that I'm older at like what they were able to do with the, with like a what, nine million dollar budget. So it actually grew on me over the years based on that. Like a fungus. Yeah. yeah oh, they, they the built, acting, not good. <laughs> they built giant robots and had them fight. Yep. And a jungle gym. Well, since you mentioned the giant robots being built, I did. There is a website if you Google it. Someone actually found the original robots from the movie, and there's a whole website about how they refurbished them. And like, oh wow, yeah, it's really cool. Like, they look awesome. They the models look great, but they found the original ones. They were just in some garage or something somewhere, so they rebuilt them. And you can see the like the poster, the pictures, and stuff. Well, we'll have to post that on our social media outlets. Excellent. Yeah. 
So my experience with this movie, I, I don't know this. Uh, this is the first time I ever saw a naked butt in a movie. Um, and it wasn't a bad butt, by the way. No, I, I, some friend had their parents had HBO. And I think this is where, um, where I saw it, but, um, giant robots and goddamn Russians, <laughs> though never specifically, uh, specifically referred to as the Russians coming out of the Cold War. We all know what side that represented. It was the Russians. So those are my uh, initial impressions of the film. Now, the movie, as we said, um, for some reason now war is outlawed and the dispute over Alaska is uh, they're fighting over resources. So Alaska is is rich with um, oil and wood oil and, and timber and things like that. Yeah. So I there's I, I there's the Confederation or the Confeds, which are the the Russians, basically, and then america or whatever they're like market or something like that i don't i don't know but they uh these events these giant robot battles are they have spectators and there's uh a lot of bets being placed and and maybe i'm getting ahead of myself here achilles the main character that the uh the movie revolves around is one of the last uh, of the kind of homebred or homegrown robot jocks uh, coming up behind him. The future of the robot jocks program, they're all uh, genetically engineered uh, tubies, as they refer to them. Test tube babies. Test tube babies. Yes. And Achilles is approaching his final fight. Now, this is the second movie in a row that involved genetically engineered people or changed people wearing white spandex. Yes. I always like to find those connections. So thank you guys. for You're at least- welcome. There's always that seed that one of us plants in each other's heads, I think. And it's uh, like. <laughs> it's going to go somewhere else. I know. But um, oh, God. yeah, I think seeing those spandex suits, I've wanted to do robot jocks for a while, but we couldn't find it. The last release was in I think, 2015 or something like that. If you find a copy of the DVD or the Blu-ray, it's 70 bucks. So uh, message us if you are interested in watching it. Um, I didn't say that. But Achilles goes out to fight his final fight for uh, for timber and oil. Yeah. And uh, the fight does not. It's not fair, I guess. Uh, Rob, you had some kind of strong thoughts on. on on the uh, aftermath of this. Yeah, this is where it lost me because mm-hmm. they're basically they fight and the the fight and starts with you being able to use ranged weapons. And then once it progresses to a certain point, you're supposed to just do hand to hand combat. Well, at one point, the Russian guy cheats and he launches a he launches a um, hand a, a projectile missile. weapon. Yeah. And Achilles it, it goes awry and Achilles goes out of his way to save the people in the bleachers, but in fact ends up killing all of, you know, a crap load of them because he just, 
just falls on uh, the the weapon hits him. It disables his robot, and he falls onto the bleachers and kills hundreds of people. Yeah, and then he's like, "Oh, you know," and then the fight is stopped. And in the in the aftermath, you know, they're like, "Oh, well, you know," uh, while Achilles Achilles actions were heroic they were you know irrelevant to the fight blah 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 you know and we we have to have a winner there wasn't a winner so you know we we all of this is irrelevant and i'm like what about the fact that he friggin cheated yeah is that not is that not relevant to the fight this is stupid he should be disqualified you know it and any sane person who's watching this goes well he he cheated he should be disqualified he very blatantly yeah. cheated. Disqualified and jailed. Yeah, the fight was never finished because he cheated. Therefore, he should have been disqualified. That's an easy fix right there. Yeah. I don't understand yes, but, why. Yes, that's, but then the movie would be over. I was going to say that's where the movie should have ended. And that's where they lost me. I was like, okay, now we're just being stupid. Not, now we're just ignoring shit so that we can continue doing the movie. Yeah. <laughs> they get to a certain point in the movie and they go, wait, what? This, oh, wait, I guess we're done here. Nope. Nope, throw all logic out the window. Um, yeah, the the fight is against uh, the Confederate representative, Alexander, who in his previous fight killed another robot jock. Um, so he's stumped somehow, which is completely against the rules. Yeah. Um, so he's still somehow fighting, representing the uh, those damn dirty Russians. Um who were never actually called the Russians. I have to put that disclaimer, but um, so the fight is then rescheduled. And what because... is up with the referees wearing the sparring headgear, the, the pads? <laughs> I'm like, what is that going to stop? I don't, I don't well, understand I'm... why they're, I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why this are they stupid. anywhere near the battlefield? <laughs> the whole thing, the referees like were like that, that, that made my notes. Like what the hell? The, they refer to him as the referee jumpsuits, like where they had the stripes up and down. Like it was, they're ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if they're battling to the death anyway, what the hell do we need the referees for? Because obviously nobody's following any friggin' rules. So no. what's no. the point? In one week, you're mine. I kill you dead. <laughs> yeah, uh, some great lines, man. Crash and uh, burn. Crash and burn. Yeah, that's uh, everybody says that to each other and they do this little weird fist thing where it's like a fist bump, but they're doing thumbs up at the same time. So they they fist bump and say crash and burn. Um, Basically, it's break a leg. Yeah. So uh, Achilles refuses to um, participate to come back his contract's over he's done that was his last fight and he's gonna leave it up to whoever they choose in his place now they choose his i'd want to you could say love interest but yeah but he's totally interested in her yeah for for not you know uh any other reason than he wants to make a deposit. Yeah. Um, God. Yeah. Which was just one of the classiest lines ever. Um, but she's chosen and Achilles, he doesn't want her to fight. So he goes and comes out of retirement to take her place. 
she doesn't let it happen. She nope. drugs him, takes his spot, and goes out on the field and gets her butt kicked. Yep, pretty much. And uh, there is a spy in the ranks. Um, I won't reveal who the spy is, ooh, but it's ooh, exactly who you think it is. I was going to say, I called it <laughs> as soon as we found out there was a spy. I'm like, oh, well, it's it's this person. It's this person, obviously. Uh, as obviously. I, as, as I'm taking notes, I didn't, I mean, I called it, but like, you have to kind of call the movie as you see it when you're taking notes on it for this type of conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's like, wow, the stereotypical Texas guy making fun of the, uh, his words, not mine, the Jap. Mm-hmm. Like, who, like, who, by the way, I noticed as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, Oh my God! It's uh, 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 Mr. Miyagi's uh, love uh, love interest—not uh, his love interest, but the guy who was challenging him for his love interest. <laughs> oh, and, that would have been great. Too. His his rival in Karate Kid Two. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and I and I recognized it <laughs> yeah. when there was there was one scene where he was standing there and they were talking about how they how they. Um, how somebody found out or whatever. And they're like, well, did you talk to anybody? And he looks at the camera very stern and goes into that really deep voice and goes, never, I talked to no one. And I was like, oh my God, that's the dude yeah. from Karate Kid. <laughs> when he was all like, Yagi, <laughs> yeah. she, is, she is mine. Someday I will design a giant fighting robot and she should be with me instead. Something like that. Yes, exactly. Uh, Karate Kid 2 would have been a much better movie if he was his actual love interest. Yeah, um, that would have been really progressive. <laughs> but uh, things, you know, work themselves out. The spies discovered, and the hero Achilles makes his way back into the cockpit in his uh, the ultimate battle with the evil Alexander, and it ends in the absolute corniest way possible without alluding to any repercussions of of what happened some some very clear uh attempts on people's lives you stopped um, on a lot of my friends yeah we're, okay. we're good but we can live <laughs> we can live yeah and uh, i was like oh my god in a in a mono imano battle that was uh reminiscent of the uh fight scene Star Trek. Old Star Trek and the fight scene uh, that I thought of was uh, Nicolas Cage versus the Chainsaw Demon from Mandy. Um, uh-huh. Is uh, that, that fight was way better? Oh, the fight was fantastic, man! I need I need to watch that again very soon. But um, I'm not going to beat a dead horse here. I mean it. It was nostalgic, you know, uh, Rob and I did look up the kind of timeline for the giant giant robots piloted by actual people. We did discover that this actually came out five to six years before the premiere of Neon Genesis um, yeah, predates it. It predates it. Um, it when Pacific Rim came out. I immediately thought of this film and I would bring it. I was like, oh, it's 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 uh, updated robot jocks. And nobody knew what I was talking about. No one. I did. Um, Except for, you know, you. Yeah. And uh, it's it's definitely worth checking out if you enjoyed Pacific Rim. 
if you enjoy some some anime as well uh but don't expect too much from it so i the, mean it, it's decent it's, this movie it's did fun bring us some giant robot goes by quickly it did bring us some giant robot movies that were really good but it also brought us something else yes the next it, two movies that we are going no, no, to no, watch no no no, oh. no 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 it brought us a, a, a sample did you catch the where did you know the sample of where the people get crushed by the falling robot? What that was used in? It's used as the background sample for the becoming by Nine Inch Nails. With the bleachers? Like the, the people screaming. Like when you, you see like them inside of the bleachers when they like looking through the little like slot in the front. Uh-huh. That that audio clip, Trent Reznor used it. You don't know the songs. Jimmy will. Uh, they used it as the background sample in the song, the becoming, which is a, a song on the uh, downward spiral the downward album. Spiral, yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when I, when I saw Believe it, that, you know, he had some second thoughts. Yeah. So like I when I becoming... saw her, I'm like, I've heard that those screams before. And then, so I looked it up and sure enough, it was, uh, it's wow. In that. Trent Reznor. If you were listening, sir, I respect and admire your work. And I respect you even more now that you used a sample from Robot Jocks. Yeah. A, a couple other little things here. The again, a lot of this research came after the movie because mm-hmm. um, we we were supposed to record last night, so I had a little bit more time. Oh, the, fun! So Excellent. my initial thoughts, and we I said this over dinner last night. By the way, we got to meet one of our listeners last night. It was we awesome. Did. Yeah, and Thank I, you, Scott. I, I was going to shout out to Scott. Yeah, absolutely, man. Rob, thanks for, um, you know, uh, bringing Setting Scott out. Uh, meeting Scott was was absolutely awesome. What a cool guy. And mm-hmm. and, you know, what a what a what a good time. Yeah. You know? So so we, we record we're recording on a different night, but mm-hmm. I was the, my first thought was, man, this dude cannot act the, the lead Achilles. Who, Scott? Scott, I would actually, I would see the hell out of Robot Jocks 2 starring Scott. Scott. (laughs) He's he's one of our friends that could actually probably successfully build a Robot Jocks robot. Here's what we're going to (laughs) do. Scott, I'm talking to you directly, sir. When you come back for Megacon, we are going to have to, all of us in costume, the three of us in our human centipede costume um, <laughs> recreate the uh, shower scene. Whoa. Hello. No different one. Okay, fine. Whatever. Now we just build a giant robot. Yeah. Uh, I like that go. idea better. Yeah. Okay. So anyway. Oh, uh, okay. So I had said, I was like, man, this dude can't dr- act particularly the part when he's acting drunk. Yeah. And stumbling. Like it was not good at all. It was definitely it was like better a, than some. It was like a 13 year old that is like, oh, I had so much beer. Oh, that was non-alcoholic beer. Oh, yeah. Maybe it was this cocaine. No, that's baking. I'm soda. so drunk. Yeah. Baking. Oh, maybe it was that that pot I smoked. No, those are pencil shavings. Like, yeah. It, so, yeah. But what's funny is I found an interview with him. So my thought was already dude, it's a terrible actor. I found an interview with him where he was saying that. He thinks he doesn't have a lot of acting jobs because he's a Republican. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm saying this specifically that because I had, al- yeah. I had already thought to myself, this dude can't act. 
And then the one interview with him, he's complaining about that. I'm like, it's probably not that. Just a just a hunch. I'm going to guess that that has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Gonna go out of limb here because, because Clint Eastwood has no problems finding acting jobs and he's spoken at the Republican National Convention. Can't possibly be his mad kung fu skills. <laughs> which all the, anybody did in this oh movie was God. just spin in a circle. Yeah. Uh, man. Yeah. <laughs> the fight scenes are 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 comical. Terrible. Terrible. Really really comical. Yeah. It's like they didn't even practice them. They're just like, "All right. Uh Wing it. Let's spin do around. It. Do do a lot of spin kicks that you don't know how to do. And my last note. Yes. Crotch saw. Crotch saw. Uh, I was wondering if somebody was going to break that up. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was going to be in my initial impressions, but as I'm watching the movie, I'm going, did I see the crotch saw in a different movie? Nope, sure enough. <laughs> It was. And he used it be, even better. He uses crotch saw to to face fuck Achilles robot. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, there was a, a a crotch saw part in uh, Lincoln, and um, I believe My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. There was also a crotch saw section. Ah, uh, yeah. yes. Maybe you saw it in one of there those. There should too. be more crotch saws. I there mean, should no be. Uh, you know, in a in a scene reminiscent of. Uh, Sex machine from Dust Till Dawn. Oh, uh, yes. You have a, uh, a a a secret crotch weapon um, because that's a place that it makes perfect sense. I don't know <laughs> that I would ever want to put anything that has that kind of recoil on my nuts. Oh man! And for some reason, the uh, for some reason Achilles flies into space. <laughs> for no, I, I mean, like, what is happening? Why? <laughs> What advantage he got his foot shot off, and then when they landed back on Earth, I felt so bad for laughing. But all I could think of when Achilles like transformed and sat back up was, "Oh, he's in a wheelchair now." <laughs> I mean, it's just uh, his robot that oh, is. God. So the the more I talk about it, just the more ridiculous it is. But I, I do think it is worth a watch if you can. Oddly, find the, the find second the most ridiculous movie we talk about this evening, which is weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man. And this was made in 1989, and we're yeah. still farting out movies like Doolittle. Yeah. So my my favorite thing to do, I was like looking at the budget and how much it, it made. It did not do well. So, uh, anyone care to guess? I already know. So, Rob, how much would you pay your your movie studio, Rob? How much would you pay to get this movie made? I wouldn't have greenlit this movie. Well, yeah, but let's pretend you did. You're, 50 you're, bucks. 50 bucks. No, well, a little more. It was $10 million budget. How much did it God. make? $464,441. You know, I didn't have, I didn't have the thought, the, to, to look this up, but I, Greg, do you have any idea what this movie was up against when it came out? Oh, just the last thing. Uh, it did finally end up with $1,272,977. Dollars. It's always a bad thing when you see that the gross in the USA is exactly the same as the worldwide gross, meaning that it didn't do well enough here to go anywhere else. Um, so let's take a look real quick. Yeah, just 
taking a second to uh, to see what came out in 1990. So uh, we're going to go with November, the year that Robot Jocks came out. Yep. And uh, getting down to that is going to be yeah, getting there. Uh, let's see. Predator let's, 2 was released the same day. Yeah, Predator 2, okay. something called China Cry, Courage Mountain. Ah, Courage Mountain, yes. Uh, a little movie called Dances with Wolves okay. uh, was out I'm, in theaters. I'm, I'm alone. Europa, oh, Jacob. Europa. Jacob's Ladder, Child's Play 2. Jacob's Ladder. That That's a big one for, oh, and Three Men and a Little Lady and Misery. So, it actually, it's a pretty decent uh, competition there. Rocky it, 5 it, was released the week before it. Dances with Wolves would have been significantly better with giant robots. <laughs> oh, Troll 2 came out the same year as this movie. Three men and a little lady and a giant robot. Just com- Yeah, just let's do a mashup of those. That's fantastic. Yeah. Our, so, top, our top five movies that would be better with a giant robot. <laughs> yeah. So some decent competition, but yeah, just didn't do well at all. Our last question that we yeah. usually do, should they remake this movie? They already did. Yep. That was my answer, too. <laughs> yeah. and it was great. It was so much better the, first, the second time. Yeah. Have Guillermo del Toro do a true remake of Robot Jocks, and I will be the first person in line. No giant monsters. He won't be interested. He, he likes him some monsters. He does. He likes rockets. So, guys, uh, while uh, not directly uh, named in this movie, it's pretty clear that the bad guy represents the Russians and the Russians have long been a villain in American film. So my question to you, gentlemen, what are your top five movies with Russia or a Russian being the villain. And see, I'm going to give you a little bonus. Be- well, oh, actually, I, I just did. I just did Russian villains. I did Russian villains, but I also did a second list that had Ooh. movies, movies that were that had Russians as like the overarching bad guy. You know, awesome, not, man. not particularly one specific villain. But like the Russians. Yes. Nice. How about you hit us with your top five Russian villains? The specific villains. Yes, please. <laughs> and Jimmy, I'm looking at your list and I can't believe one of mine is not on your list, but we'll get there. Okay. Um, at number five, and this is not specifically movies. I just did Russian villains. That's fine. At number five, I've got the ever classic Boris and Natasha. Yes, very good. From the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. Mm-hmm. Help me, Rocky and Unfair. Yes. That's a good one, Greg. At number four, one that I grew up with, very near and dear to my heart as a Russian villain, and that's Nikolai Volkov. Europe Russian villain? Yes. Nikolai Volkov, yes. The, uh, the wrestler. The wrestler. Yep. <laughs> At number three, I'm going to go with Boris the Blade from Snatch. Oh, yes. Hmm. 
If it Excellent. doesn't work, you can always hit him with it. <laughs> At number two, and this is the one I'm surprised you didn't put on a list anywhere, I'm going to go with the Tarasov family from John Wick. <gasps> How dare me. <laughs> John, yes. John Wick's going to kick your ass. Exactly. But my number one Russian villain, and I think everybody knows who this is, that's Ivan Drago mm-hmm. from Rocky Yes. IV. Now I, I did I have a couple you. of I did have a couple of honorable mentions in that category, and that's going to be Ivan Vanko from Iron Man Two. Hold yeah. on, where is my bird? I want my bird. Okay, I want my bird. I don't know why I'm doing like impressions of Russians. Uh, hey, keep it going, Greg. Yeah, do your list and, in five different Russian voices. Also, honorable mentions: uh, the Russian from Punisher, played by Kevin Nash. Yeah, the the hitman or whatever. You're a and, wrestling fool tonight. And they're they're a uh, I don't know if they're villains or if they're heroes or stars or whatever. I never saw the show, which is why they were honorable mention. But uh, Philip and Elizabeth Jennings from the Americans. Yeah, they were uh, not. They weren't good guys. They killed innocents. But you, it, it was like Breaking Bad. You okay. kind of you kind of loved the family, but also realized that when they were going out to work, they were killing. Americans or doing things to hurt America. So, uh. so those are my Russian villains. That's okay. my list. I'll go ahead and go with my uh, Russia as a bad guy, maybe represented by one person, but overall Russia top five. Uh, my number five is going to be the Confederation in robot jocks. Uh, number four is Russia. In Captain America, Winter Soldier. Okay. Number three, Russia from Stranger Things <laughs> Season 3. Huh. Mm-hmm. Number two, Russia, as represented by... Um, Drago. Drago. Thank you. Um, blanking on his name. Rocky? <laughs> no. Ivan Drago? The actor that played him. Oh, uh, why now I'm blanking out his name. (laughs) Rob, what's his damn name? He man. It is. It is Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. Contagious. Jesus. I was just watching you guys struggle. (laughs) (laughs) Greg is like, oh, that's easy. That's. Wait a minute. Oh, who is that? Yeah, Rocky (laughs) Four, number one, Russia in Red Dawn, the movie that had. Everyone in high school in the 80s uh, looking out the windows of their school. Yes. And scared. So that is my list. Wolverines. Love that movie. I will go. I did, even though it was really not part of my list, but for some reason I felt the need to write Nikolai Volkov in extra big font with several exclamation points. (laughs) Nice. But I couldn't do that. Uh, Also, I did write Ivan Vanko, Where's My Bird? as well. That's why I said it. My number five, Igor Korshinov, Gary Oldman. Yes, in Air, Air Force, Force One. One. Very yeah. nice. Number four, Xenia Onatop from GoldenEye. She almost made my list. Yeah. Also known as Jean Grey. Uh, number three, the Russian hockey team in Miracle. Yes, very Which good. Is great. And keeping on that sports theme, we're going to go with Drago. 
as portrayed by Wesley Snipes in Rocky IV. Uh, John. What's his name? Dolph Lundgren. (laughs) Damn. John Smith and Wesson. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And number one, one of my favorite movies for a very long time. And for a while, one of the most violent movies ever made. Red Dawn. Red Dawn. The Russians. And, of course, the Cubans were part of that as well. So that was my number one villainous Horrible Russians. The, the way that Jimmy read his list about saying the Russians, 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 there is no way that, that Putin is not going to be listening to this podcast. <laughs> Jimmy is going to die poisoned under some mysterious circumstances. I feel like I could whip his punk ass. He's one of the scariest people on the planet. Mm. Have you ever seen that man shirtless riding a horse? I have. I'm not yeah. impressed. <laughs> Fair enough. Rob. You have one more list, sir. Take us out of here. What are Jimmy's final words are going to be this week when we release the podcast? Well, the (laughs) the second list is uh, I'm going to go with the Russians from Hunt for Red October at number five because they were actually running the the Russians were actually running from the Russians. Mm. The Igor Loganov was his name. He was on my list as well, but I bumped him. Ah. At number four, because I enjoyed the movie, it's going to be Spies Like Us. Yes. They were trying to stop the Russians. <laughs> At number three, I'm going... Oh, God, this hurts. All right. At number three... I'm going to do the Russians from Atomic Blonde. Okay. Because that was, that was a great movie, and all of the people she was fighting against were Russians, and it, no, I'm wrong. They no, were. that was East Germany. Holy yep. crap. Same difference. I'm wrong. Damn. As, per, as portrayed by Dolph Lundgren. Pissing all yes, kinds of people portrayed off. by Dolph Lundgren. Wow, that was terrible. Oh, I'm so glad I caught myself so that I didn't have to get <laughs> shamed by somebody else. <laughs> Jubals was already formulating the email. He, he was. He was. He was typing it out. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> no. But next is going to be the Russians from Stranger Things. Hmm. And then, of course, the number one is the Russians from Red Dawn. Red Dawn. What a fantastic film. Mm-hmm. Wolverines. Not the remake. If you're. Yeah, don't. Don't aware. Yeah. The one with all the 80s stars. Yep. Well, I, that, I think that finishes us up. I'm still deciding on what movie to make make these guys watch next week because it is my turn to host. Yes, it is. And it is my birthday episode. It Ooh. is Greg's birthday episode. So there's a part Happy of me. Birthday, there's a part Mr. of me. Oh, is, where, why do you even on. why do you Happy even have whipped cream in your office? Oh my god. Why are you spraying easy cheese on your nipple? It's I can't deal with this. Me. Yeah, that was I don't know why you have all that spray cheese in your office and why it's all over your chest. Why wouldn't Can I, I have spray cheese that? on my chest? <laughs> I'm going to Rob's house with some crackers. <laughs> the question is, is why don't you have spray cheese on your chest? Stay oh, yeah. exactly like you are. I'll be yeah. right over. I got some dollar store crackers yeah, spy, left like, over from the hurricane. Spies like, spies like Us would actually be a brilliant choice 
I pondered that. I'm kind of thinking between that. I was thinking airheads. I'm thinking the crow. I don't know. I'll, I will tweet what we have decided. I ain't watch. farting on the snare drum. So it'll, it'll be it'll be something fun. So but you will you fart can... after somebody rips a suit of armor out of your ass <laughs> <laughs> for about a minute and a half. Anyway, it, guys, would, would that be considered dragon anal beads? Yeah, dragon <laughs> something. It was it was like perfectly Rob clean too. It was dragon like perfectly clean nuggets. too. <laughs> like you know, in some some film studio boardroom, they were discussing the amount of dragon feces they should smear smear on the armor that they're pulling out of the dragon's ass, and like, well, this is a kids' movie. Maybe only a couple handfuls of dragon feces. Yeah, it was it was like perfectly shiny, nice armor and the bagpipes did not have a single stain on them either. Anyway, guys, if you're offended by all of the things we just said, you can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. You can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five pod. Email us at Give Me Five podcast at Gmail dot com. And of course, please leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you are using. All of the times that you heard me say five, it is the spelled out version of five F I V E. You can also go to our store and buy stuff. Give me five podcast.threadless.com. And eventually you will be able to find that on our website. Give me five podcast.com. And if you're interested in how we record, feel free to get in touch with us as we are an affiliate for Squadcast. And if you use our code, which you can also find on the on the website, you will will uh, get a little bit of benefits and we will get a small slice of the stuff that would be going to Squadcast. So thank you in advance. That's you, Jimmy. Good morning, good afternoon, and crash and burn. Never, never, never.